Hey everybody, quick impromptu bonus uh, mini episode of Tone the Slap pitching with David Cohn right after the 24th perfect game in Major League history was thrown back on Wednesday night at Oakland Coliseum. It's Justin Shackle, it's David Cohn, it's James Smythe. I'm actually in a vacant broadcast booth at Oakland Coliseum. I could be joined by a possum, I'm not sure, so <laughs> maybe not vacant, but oh my gosh, guys, how cool was that last night? Domingo Herman. Probably the most, in my opinion, you know, people are saying the most imperfect Yankee at the moment throwing a perfect game. I got to tell you, I thought if any starting pitcher on this Yankee staff had the ability or the, the, the capability to throw a perfect game in today's day and age, it was probably Domingo Herman. I'm going to get to those reasons. But first and foremost, David, you got another perfect game achiever into the club with you and Boomer and Don Larson, what were your emotions going through that? It, it was just that I was really pulling for Domingo. Cause I know the type of emotion that he was going through at that particular time, especially as it builds throughout the latter inning. So, you know, I think uh, Ryan Rucco texted me about when do you start thinking about it? And actually it's after the fifth inning, you know, you're fighting that mm -hmm. feeling, but you can't help but think about it. And, you know, certainly the sixth inning, it, it sort of builds to a crescendo. So you're starting to count outs, right? You're in the seventh inning and then you get a couple outs in the seventh and you're like, oh man, you know, six outs away, you know, five outs away, four outs away. I mean, that, that sort of drama just builds and, you know, but, you know, right back at you, Shaq, calling that game. Wow. What a gift, right? I mean, just falls wow. right into your lap. What was that? What what, what was the emotion like in, in the booth and then in the ballpark last night? I mean, fifth or sixth inning is when I thought it was the right time to inform the audience what was going on. I mean, radio is a little bit different than TV. I think you have to be more informative. You don't have a TV screen to tell half the picture. So I, I really do believe that's important. And I'm I'm not of the belief that the the broadcaster has the power to jinx a no-hitter or a perfect game. So I was yeah. mentioning it from the fifth or sixth inning on, and I've never been more nervous. Uh, this is a, you know, a very cool weathered setting. It was just right around 55 degrees last night. I was sweating bullets. Ryan in the other booth, in the S booth, I know he was sweating bullets. And I got to tell you, I give a lot of credit to the crowd, the fans here in Oakland. There are a lot of Yankee fans, but a lot of Ace fans as well. They just appreciate what was happening. I think that illustrates. Let's not let's not forget this. I think that illustrates how uh, passionate fans here in the East Bay are just about baseball. So the the twelve thousand plus that were here, they brought it. You would never know that it was only twelve thousand fans based on the call. But um, my mindset going into the ninth inning, and I know we've talked about it here on this podcast. There's only 23 for a reason. I did not think it was going to happen going into the ninth inning. I thought something would occur that would prevent perfection from happening, but it did happen. And uh, my mindset leading up to the call was, hey, keep it simple. This is radio and just deliver the message. So, uh, yeah, I hope I, I hope I did justice. Hope, hope I'm at the moment wild. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think so, pal. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, a, a moment Thank like you, this, it's big for the pitchers, the players on the field are nervous, the, the broadcaster, it, it, everything is heightened in a spot like this. Yeah, you know, it really illustrates, too, I think, and this can't be sort of uh, overstated. The difference between a no-hitter and a perfect game is immense. It's night and day. The pressure you feel as a pitcher, every three-ball count you get, it's on the line. 
You know, they, they, I've been, I, I was very close to throwing a few no hitters before with the Mets, but you walk a guy. Okay. The no hitter's still there. You know they, I mean? You, you have margin for error and a no hitter in a perfect game. That's right. There's only 24. There is zero mm -hmm. margin for error. So that increases the level of anxiety that you feel when you're on the mound and, it's truly, you know, the numbers too are striking to me. It's it's hard for a pitcher to put himself in that position in today's game with pitch counts to get to be able to finish the, something like that. The 99 pitches, nine innings pitched, nine strikeouts, 99 pitches. I know I made a lot of the number uh, of 88, you know, the number of pitches I threw at my perfect game because Yogi Berra was number eight and it was Yogi Berra day. So numerically, you know, Shaq and, and James, I mean, I'm really struck by the symmetry of the numbers how efficient he was to throw yeah. nine innings and 99 pitches in any game, much less a perfect game is really remarkable. And that's why I say at the top, if there was one Yankee starter who had the potential to, to do this, to pitch a perfect game, it was Domingo Herman because he's been incredibly uh, efficient. And when you take a look at pitches per innings pitched, he's been near the top for most of this season around major league baseball. And he keeps it simple as well. Sometimes that's the best, you know, he has the, the curve and the changeup working really well last night fastballs there as well but he doesn't throw uh, a ton of pitches so if he's on with his two or three uh, main pitches there something special could happen and we've seen flashes of that dominance over the course of, of Domingo's career just able to put it all together last night um, uh, I know I've referenced attending David Wells's perfect game uh, when I was 11 years old in 1998 and when he fell behind Jonah Bride I think he got the three balls, and, you know, he, he battled back to work the count full. But uh, the the memory of the fans at Old Yankee Stadium booing the calls on the pitches out of the strike zone, booing each pitch that did not hit the strike zone, that came back here at the Coliseum with 12,000 fans, and that just automatically brought me back to uh, the tier reserve section at Old Yankee Stadium, upper deck behind home plate, and I, and I just remembered – the crowd booing with each pitch that David Wells didn't get called as a strike. So it brought back a lot of memories in the moment for me, which was wild. Um, what do you, what do you think this means for Domingo Herman moving forward? Because again, going back to David Wells in 98, he took off after that perfect game. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball that season after May 17th. Yeah. It's similar. You know, I said this last night on the yes network, it really is twofold. Is it the immediate reaction? to him you know the, the processing of what just happened is a big deal it takes a while Kyle Higashioka mentioned that last night I'm still kind of processing what this means what we just did what happened here uh, initially you hope it's a confidence builder you hope Domingo really feels good about himself now it's sort of a validation that's how David Wells felt when he did it he was such a history buff it made him it really elevated him and his perception of himself self-confidence because it put him along lines uh, of the greats in, in Yankee history. He made his mark in history. So that meant a lot for Domingo. I hope, you know, it's possible it works the same way. Maybe he just gains a little bit of confidence moving forward and, and that propels him to really be the pitchers the Yankees need him to be this year because they're short on offense right now. They need solid pitching and run prevention in order to kind of stay in stay uh, above 500 or stay in the in the mix here for the for the wild card race or possibly getting back into the division title so they need Domingo to, to be you know similar to that every night in terms of uh, just being confident and giving the team a chance to win so we'll see on the long term obviously they don't even know what's going to hit them on the autograph show uh circuit there's so <laughs> many collectors that are going to be 
you know, uh, making requests of them for the rest of their lives. Really, there, there's going to be, uh, you know, a, a sort of a, a constant flow of autograph requests on items that are already there, perfect game items that are already present that they need to add their names to, and then singular too, creating mm -hmm. their own line, their own, you know, their own line of, of, of autographs or baseballs or whatnot. It's just, you know, it's part of history, and that's something that will. That's the gift that keeps giving forever. Wow. Well, Coney, you got a new member in the club. Shaq, you called the game. I was on the couch. I was off <laughs> last night. But then when it hits the sixth inning, you kind of get uh, everything gets heightened uh, with, with a game like that. And so it's, uh, you know, chipping in with some with some nuggets for for you and for Ryan Rupp going to Nelson right. and stuff. So uh, but what strikes me with with Herman's game is that the A's really didn't have a chance. Every everyone always says the no hitter always has that one big play and the the closest thing you can get really is the is the Rizzo diving stop on a 3-1 ground out in the fifth inning. And even that isn't, you know, a, a historic, you know, game saving kind of play. The average exit velocity on batted balls last night was only 84 miles an hour. The only play with a hit probability above 50 percent, according to StatCast, was Estuary Ruiz's humpback liner short to end the third inning. And the only other one above 40 percent was that Rizzo play, which was uh, which was uh, 48. So the A's, Herman was in complete control. The curveball was beautiful. 0 for 19, the A's were with eight strikeouts against the curveball. And looking ahead, you look at Herman's 4-5-4 ERA for the season, and you say, well, that's not terrible. It's not really good either. But it's really just the two clunkers. A lot has been made of the of the two dreadful games he's just coming off before this perfecto he gave up 17 runs well in the other 13 starts this season he has a 308 era so just two clunkers inflating his era by a, a run and a half for the season so i think this this should get him rolling back after after a two-game hiccup and uh coney you talk about the difference between a no-hitter and a perfect game just do the math 319 no hitters in MLB history. Remarkable, but only 24 perfect games. Unbelievable history at the Coliseum last night. David, did you have a chance to talk with David Wells at all? No, I, you know, I texted him late at night, or I, and then I sent out a tweet too, kind of put, you know, asking him if he was up. So uh, I'm not sure where he's probably in a bunker somewhere. Who knows with him? He's probably <laughs> deer hunting in Michigan somewhere right now. So uh, I haven't had a chance to touch base with him, but I do know he knows. I did see he responded this morning, so he he knows what's up. And, uh, you know, you can't help but pull for the guy. You can't help but feel, you know, a, a kinsmanship with him at this point. And, you know, I'm it, it's a it's an eclectic group. You know, it's everybody from, uh, you know, a guy like Dallas Braden to uh, to a guy like Dennis Martinez, El Presidente, El Perfecto. I mean, there's so many. There's a very Tom Browning, the late Tom Browning, who just passed away, part of that that group. There's great Hall of Fame pitchers, Randy Johnson in it, and there's, just, there's obscure guys too. So it just kind of shows you that there's always that element of random variance, the bounce of a baseball. You know, when you do hang a curveball, do they pop it up? You know, not every pitch is perfect in a perfect game including the last one I threw in my perfect game was kind of a hanger it was kind of sitting there and Orlando Cabrera kind of did me a favor and popped it up. So there's always pitches like that. You know, Domingo had a couple of breaking balls that stayed up that right-handed batter just missed and hit fly balls to left field. And so, so that's part of it too. There's always that, that, uh, that luck, right? That, that luck, that luck factor or whatever you want to call it. 
random variance is always in play. Well, David, this is awesome. Again, you got a you got some company in the Perfect Game Club, and especially in the uh, the Yankees pantheon of, of perfect games. And James, we put you to work, no matter what. You were on the couch, but uh, <laughs> but you did a great job. I know I texted you for some perfect game nuggets, and you responded quickly. So thank you for that. And uh, this was fun. What's lost in all of this is that it's a getaway day for the Yankees and a really quick turnaround for the Yankees and A's. So we got a game going on at the time we're recording this. We're about two and a half hours away uh, from first pitch. So uh, we're going to run here, but I thought it was important to get everyone's thoughts on what we witnessed last night. Domingo Herman's life changed forever in one night. Thanks, guys, for uh, making time joining us here. And thanks to all of you listening out there for James, for David, for our great producer, Dan Work. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Tony the Slack, pitching with David Cohn. Take care, everybody.